time for another episode of Drew Drogi's Minor Revelations. There was some film critic that used to say, oh, hi there. Was it like Gene Shalit or something? It was somebody from childhood who was super no- annoying. It wasn't Rex Reed, or maybe it was. Rex Reed's the worst. Is he still alive? Of course he is. Um, anyway, oh, garbage person. Don't get me started. Idiot. A complete idiot. Um, who, you know, has no, no reason to review movies. That's not at all what I came on here to talk about, but it just made me think about that when I went, oh, hi there. Anyway, um, okay, I have a, I have a story. I've, I'm very, um, embarrassed to tell this because it's, I, I just, I'm going to reveal that I was a horrible liar in a very quick moment like without I'm I have a sociopath inside me that that loves to come out and play every now and then um also because like it's sort of like it's I'm admitting to like talk about somebody that from my past that I just never really got along with and who I still kind of know and I've not really ever dealt with this with him and I so anyway I've had such so many amazing guests that have come on and just revealed so many embarrassing things and I feel like a couple of my rants have just been like wah, 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 and I haven't gotten really super personally embarrassing so I'm gonna go for this I'm just gonna tell this story and just say hey um, I'm I'm horrible like everyone else um, or I'm worse than you how about that okay so there was somebody that I went to college with this guy who um, lovely person, very talented, um, beloved by our com- by our community, <laughs> by our theater department and our friends and everything. But he and I were just never close. We never really just saw eye to eye. Um, just a lot of things like, you know, we're just different people. And when you go to a small school and you're in the theater department and there are like 10 people in your major, you get thrown together with people that, you know, you, you make nice with for four years and then you make really insanely close, great friends. And there are people who are like acquaintances and then, you know, there are people you like really would never be friends with and whatever. And, you know, you guys all, you all know this, but um, this was someone who I like had to do shows with and I always felt like we just never, we never understood each other. Like I was always the person that would say something inappropriate at dinner and he would look across the table and be like, you're an asshole. And I'm like, I was kidding. And he he just didn't get it. And and his sense of humor was like jokes and stuff that I would look at him and go, you're an asshole. Quit making jokes. Um, so we just never really saw eye to eye. And one time he, he literally told me I was not a serious person. And that was like, ugh, gutting. Um, so when someone just looks across the table and says, you're not a serious person, it's like, it's like you don't need to be seen. Um, and... Anyway, we've gotten over that. We are adults. We are old at this point. But he lives out in L.A. and we're not really close anymore. And um, but we like I never really see him at all anymore. But anyway, he invited me to his uh, birthday party a few years ago. And 
I was very touched that he invited me. That was very nice. I just didn't want to go. I was like, I don't want to be there and around that. And I, I wish him well. I wish him all the best, of course. But I was like, I just don't need to be around that. And I, and I don't really know anybody else that's going. And so anyway, without without even looking like when it was, where it was, any of the details, I just was like, so sorry, I can't go. I can't be there. But thank you for the invite. So I... Um, had a date, um, you know, a, a month or so later and after I got this invite, um, had forgotten about it, um, had a date, forgot about the party, not the date, went on this date and um, it was like this like sort of art crawl with open bar. Um, and uh, so we would go to these little stations and there were like different like, f you know, fashion and jewelry and local, you know, artisanship and whatever else was going around. And I was with this guy and we were going, you know, and I started taking advantage of the open bar because I always will. I will drink, you know, you know, pickled swill if it's free. And so um, I was doing that and I was noticing that he wasn't drinking. Um, at least at first I noticed that. And then, you know, you kind of forget. And you're like, oh, whatever. He's not drinking tonight. and No big deal. I'll, you know, twice for me. And so I ended up getting um, quite colorful. And at the end of all this, and there were like little bites passed around. But I was like, I am starving. Can we get food? And he was getting more and more quiet as the evening was going. And I was getting louder and louder. And we, um, so we decided to go get food and we went to this restaurant and we sat outside the whole time and I was just finding myself a, just a real goddamn delight. And he was again, kind of shutting down and I was thinking like, God, this guy's got nothing to offer. Whatever. I'll have another margarita. Bling. And then, um, we were about to leave the restaurant and I had to go to the bathroom. So I went into the inside the restaurant for the first time because we'd been out on the patio the whole time. I go inside the restaurant and surprise, surprise, I walk in on this guy from college's birthday party. Of all places in L.A., I walk into his birthday party and he immediately is like, Drew. And I was like, you're this guy's name. Oh, my God. Happy birthday. And he said, I thought you couldn't make it. And I, without batting an eye, I go, I wouldn't miss it for the world. So I full on immediately lied. And inside, I'm panicking because this guy who I'm on a date with who I don't know, um, it's not really going well. I don't want to bring him into this party and hang out with this person I'm not really connecting with at a party with someone I didn't connect with in college. How am I going to get out of this? I have no idea what I'm going to do. So he was like, oh, my God, you're going to meet so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'm just in this party. Meanwhile, this guy is outside waiting on me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have I don't even I don't know what I'm going to do. So I said, um, hold on just a minute. So I run outside and I say to my date, I was like, I got roped into this party and I don't know what's going on. And the guy was just kind of cold and was like, let's just leave. And I was like, I can't leave. I went to college with him. If I leave, it'll be incredibly rude. We have kind of a weird past. Like we've never been very close. And I, I, I just can't, I have to do something. I go, never mind. You've been of no help. I have an idea. So I go back into the into the restaurant where they're having a party and I said to him I said this is super awkward I'm so embarrassed but I'm on a date and he was like bring him in and that's great and I went no 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 he's really drunk he's wasted and he is on the curb and I can't I, I refuse to bring him in so I just completely lied just without batting an eye that I was with this full blown drunk 
who I didn't want to take. So I was like, I had to drive him home. And he lives in Marina Del Rey, which if you live anywhere near our leg, you know, Marina Del Rey is the armpit from hell, like the hardest place to get in and out of. So that's, of course, what I chose. I completely lied that I had to drive him home. I might make it back for your party. I'm so sorry. Total lie. Total lie. He was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, that's terrible. That sucks. Oh, what a bummer. And I'm like, I know. It's the worst. So I walk out of the, of the restaurant laughing my ass off like, I win. Victory. So I tell this guy. And he was like, what did you go on? And I said, I told him that I was on a date with this guy who's like super drunk. And he got really, I thought he was quiet before. Well, he got dead after that. Like, it was like nothing. And I just stopped and I said, I'm sorry. Are we okay? Like, what's going on? And he said, well, you know, I've been sober for two years. And I was like, no, I didn't know that. I did not know that you were sober for two years. You you hadn't mentioned that. So, no, I don't know that. And he was like, well, yeah. And it's uh, I just would like to point out um, what alcohol has done to you tonight. Um, it has it's made you obnoxious. It's made you, um, to, you know, drive every conversation. And it's made you lie multiple times. I just wanted to point that out to you. Um at which point I was like, I just want to point out to you that had I known that you were sober, I would still drink um, because I'm not sober, but I, I would respect that. Um, you have a choice to either tell me at the beginning of the night that you're sober and you're uncomfortable around people drinking. Then I would have probably <laughs> said nice to meet you goodbye um, or hold on to that and don't call me back. Like, the date's not going well. We're not going to call each other back. But now, at the end of the date, to tell me that you've decided that you that you think I, that I'm making bad life choices helps no one. And you're not superior to me. Um, I think you're the real problem. You've been holding on to this all night, that you're sober, and you're getting more and more judgmental of me. So I immediately turned it around to that was his problem and not mine. Um, I have never told my college friend that I bold-faced lied to him. So if he's listening, or if this gets back to him, I'm really sorry. I owe you a phone call. The reason I haven't told him is I don't think he would really care. You know, it's not a big deal to him. It has, he had a million people at his party. We've moved on from each other. I don't see him ever. I haven't seen him since then. But I'm shocked by how easy it is for me to lie and how easier it is for me to get shit-plowed drunk. Well, hi, guys. Hi. How are you? Thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for being here. I'm here with my friends, Calpurnia Adams and Jimmy Fowley. Hi. Hi. Why did I sing hi. your names? I don't know. I liked it. It's really nice. <laughs> A lot of Calpurnia. syllables. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Calpurnia Adams and Jimmy Fowley. Um, happy afternoon. I'm so sorry I was late. They were waiting oh, no on worries. me today. And uh, gave us more time to get to know each other. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. What did you guys talk about? <laughs> Um, how we were probably going to do this show without you and, and just spend the whole time like thinking up insults that weren't true, but that were funny. Oh my God, I would love that. Oh my God, I would love it. I would love an episode that I just didn't show up for. <laughs> and you just started spreading all this horrible stuff about me. And then somehow like it got leaked all without me knowing. I would kind of love that. Well, I didn't show up emotionally. Oh, good. Okay, good. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> That's all that matters. You can you can phone in the emotion. We that's yeah. what we do for a living. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, well, happy afternoon. This is so great. Uh, this is going to be released like weeks after we're doing it right now. But Jimmy, so don't I, mention anything topical. Yeah, like you know, you know I don't know the weather or uh, my October. show tomorrow or something. exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, you know this, you know, pain I have in my hand. It probably won't be still happen. <laughs> Why would you? You're, you just want people to know about it. <laughs> I have a pain in my hand. Um, no, I was going to say because you're probably going to have more coming out. But Jimmy, you're. Um, Prince Charming videos with Tom Link are so funny. Thank you. They're so wonderful. If you guys haven't seen these things, are they just on YouTube or? Yeah, they're just on uh, my YouTube and then also on uh, on Tom Link's Facebook. Okay. Okay. Page. And then how did you guys? I mean, like, did you did you were you guys watching it together or how did you? Pair I it up? yeah, I I actually watched the show and uh, and then Tom. It, Tom, I had wanted to do a video with Tom about something, and we we didn't really have any ideas. And I was like, "Are you watching Prince Charming?" And he was like, "No." And I was like, "Okay, well." And then I, you know, pitched him the idea. But um, yeah, the show's so funny because it feels like you're not really rooting for anyone. Like even yeah. though you, you like you like people, but you're not like well, invested. you like the idea of people in general. Yeah. And then you watch the show, and you're like, "I don't know. Do I like people?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I actually have to admit I haven't watched it, so I don't even really. True, it's I just, feel like you'd love it. I don't well, know I don't watch any reality shows. They all make me feel really like. I mean, I've watched. I watch Drag Race occasionally. Yeah. I, I do watch that. That's a good one. But um, I just the ones that are just involving like love and like just like finding the one make me so skeeved out. Like I can't watch them. Do you think it's just like fake? It, well, yeah, it's so fake. And well, you guys, I I actually starred in a dating reality oh, that's right. show. You Wait, did. What show? You did. <laughs> I totally forgot about yeah. that. What was this? What was it and, called again? Um, it was called Trans American Love Story, and uh -huh. it was the first out transsexual dating show, like with a lead. That's so a, cool. And I like I fixed myself up. I you can't <sighs> see me right now, audience, but it's... I watched you on that, and I remember it was great because you we went through all through your apartment and. It, it was fun because I try. I did. I took it at face value and tried to. I was like, you know, this is ridiculous, but I'm going to be open. Uh -huh. You know, right. if I do find somebody, right. and they said it was the hardest show they ever cast because they could not find men who would publicly date a transsexual. Oh my god! Wow. So that were you so the crazy. one? Were you the main one? Everyone was going for. Yeah, I was like, like I had like all these extensions in. And oh, my makeup yeah. was all done. Gorgeous. And, uh, but yeah, it, it was hard for me to watch because I don't like reality shows either and right. I don't I don't really watch them right mm -hmm. well but but well first of all your show had the, had such a like deeper and greater point yeah. to it I mean just a just the, the statement alone that you can't find men to go on TV mm -hmm. to do I mean that just for that alone what that's saying and mm -hmm. um, that's it's so much greater than just these shows where people are just these vapid <laughs> People who are just on there going, I just want to know that you're the one, and they're like, they're like fucking three people a week. Like, mm -hmm. is the, the the Bachelor a friend of mine? I watched that this year with JoJo. Oh is my that the god, JoJo! Or the yeah, that's, she's the Bachelorette, but she the was Bachelorette. on the Bachelor and came in second place. Uh, but now she's huge, on the Bachelorette, right? And she, yeah, and she married so she, someone. She she had to choose engaged. between the, the guys. So that's the Bachelorette, All right? Yeah. So. I did watch that once, and I was like, and she like slept with all of the guys in one episode, and she's <laughs> yeah. like telling the guys like, I need to make sure that you're the one, and you're like, yeah. but you just wait, what? So I just I can't with all of that. Wow, JoJo's so, especially crazy. You feel like 
they say these things like I had an instant spark and like you you feel like you want them to just to be like this person triggered some emotional trauma from my childhood, <laughs> you know, I, I, like and all of it. But everything, the way Jojo talked to the camera, it's as if her audience had never been a human being before. <laughs> it's like she's explaining things like he looked at me and I felt an emotion in my heart. <laughs> and that emotion is really special. That's oh because my that God. emotion is called love. And that's how I feel like it was like she was teaching us human existence it was the weirdest thing i I wish would you ever do a jojo parody just like as her i know it's not topical because now i would do anything jenny (laughs) you've seen my oeuvre i would do anything well that's and callie do you think and this is i mean i don't know the answer to this but do you think that that like now if your show was on now do you think it would be as hard to get men to go on the show because i don't i think yeah what do you think I I don't know. I mean, things have where trans people are a lot more visible yes. now and stuff. So I maybe it would be easier. The the one of the hard things f- that I would never do the show again is because I'm just so wrong for that kind of show. Mm-hmm. And like I'm this weird, quirky, yeah, yeah, strange musician who does a little comedy and acting and stuff they they really need the model type well they also and uh, well the other thing too is like you are and if you don't know this all of your friends talk about you as like the smartest person that we know and like you're really you're like crazy scary intelligent and, and, I was and, hacking the Wi-Fi network here. Off <laughs> were my you? Phone. Yeah, my I bet phone's you can. I'm sure you can. I was going through the. Um, yeah, I, and so I think you have to have this, this like not like like a vapid narcissism where you really feel like the world is so interested in you at all times, and you're not that person either. Like you're yeah. not a person who is so. I, I, I mean. You're not a woman who's going to be like, oh, everybody's going to tune in and hit care like to watch me go to the dentist because yeah. like, like you just yeah. you know that like who cares like I think there's that part of you too that and, and like yeah for for TV also like don't you feel like as like and I I feel like I'm I'm always too weird to be the first gay anything because I'm too much of a nerd yeah. to like be the like representative of the gay like I'm not gay enough to be the first gay. Does that make you know what I mean? It's well, like I you super go. hate myself, and so like the idea of being being the center of attention was really difficult yeah, for what me. Was that like, like to have these eight guys, you know, and and they're all attractive and interesting and stuff. And I know it's it's such a common thing in in showbiz, but I I felt like such a fraud. I was like, wow. you know, I'm gonna step out of this pumpkin carriage, which I had, and. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Did you have Where a fairy you... godmother? Uh, well, I had my uh, best friend Andrea, oh, Andrea was like my cynical sidekick. Oh my god! Where can <laughs> you? Wa- where can I watch this? Is it? Um, I don't know if it's still on iTunes. It was a logo show, uh, so I maybe somebody will leak it as a yeah. torrent because I don't think they're still making money off of it. Wow, and, I would love. It. When did it come out? Oh, uh, two thousand seven or eight or something. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. like. Yeah, I remember it yeah. was. Yeah, it was groundbreaking because it was just. It's crazy how much, how quickly things have progressed, and how much people are, you know, um, just like you said, visibility, but also just like, just like seeing, the you know the the world change and stuff. And that's yeah. why I wonder, like, if now, if it was on there now, um, 
I mean, and just in the work, but in the wrong hands, though, it could be super fetishist. Well, it could be yeah. super, like, really insensitive. Yeah. Because this is the first gay dating show, and it's, you know, it's garbage. And so it's like, mm-hmm. you could imagine it could be, it could get super creepy if it was like, yeah. guys, I, you know. With your thing, I, I was actually thinking, like, that I would like to repurpose the footage of my dating show and mm-hmm. re-edit it. Totally, and yeah. put myself into it as another character. I hadn't heard <laughs> that you had done that, but oh, now I'm going to watch yes. yours. Oh, that's a great idea. Because a lot of it is very cringy for me to watch now, but if I could re-edit it and kind of take it back in a way. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah that's a great idea. You, and then because when you're a contestant on a reality show, show you have no control and it's like they can put together these clips of you reacting off stuff that wasn't even really how you felt about it but just to like portray a thing so it would be probably really cool to just be like this is my take on it yeah this is my and 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 to match the level of like art uh, that you'd want it you know what i mean to make it make it as weird as you want it to be where you can own it as opposed to it being you know it feeling like Yeah, Um, that's how I felt with the Finding Prince Charming parody that Tom and I do. I just, even if no one watched it, it feels so, like, maybe on some wavelength, I wish I could be there in that house for whatever reason, even though it's, like, terrible, but just because it's, like... I like I actually watch the show and it's so and it's so awful and so it, it's a weird way of me like connecting to these characters even yeah. though it's yeah well and you always it. know that like it's the, the the most satisfying stuff is stuff that you just do, do for you because you're just yeah. like I want to do this I need to do this I need to do this it this has yeah. to come out of me and I don't like I I don't care if people like it or not. Yeah. I really don't. Like yeah. I just have to yeah. express this and that's always the best stuff. It's the best because you're not chasing somebody mm. else's you know, joy. Authentic. And, yeah. Yes. And uh, and all the guys on the show, they seem fine, but it's the main contestant, the main, the our prince, quote unquote, that we're supposed to wish he finds love is just so terrible. He's the yeah. worst. So that's, yeah. it's kind <laughs> yeah. of fun to pretend like I'm in love with him. And has no sense of humor at all <laughs> But whatsoever. Drew, he keeps saying, he's like, I, he's like, I'm a goofball and I'm uh-huh. playful. He, I've but never you know heard what? Someone... Everybody <laughs> thinks that they're fun. Everyone thinks they have a sense of humor. But, you know, and everyone thinks that they, that's just like a, no one thinks that they're dumb. Yeah. No one finds themselves humorless. Yeah, I guess but that's a good point. he is. And it's like, that's what's so, and I love anybody that self-labels, I'm a goofball. Well, <laughs> well first of all, like... <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're eight or like eighty-five, <laughs> you're not allowed to call yourself a goofball. Unironically, like no, Kimmy yeah. Gibbler, fun <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, I'm a goofball. I'm a yeah, goofball. it totally. It's like on a uh, a pilot breakdown of a character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's not real. A, a wacko goofball. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, well. Uh, who has a story? Who wants to tell me a story? I know you do. Okay, I can go first. Yeah. Right. Um, I also took the headphones off my ears because they were, my voice was echoing in my oh. my brain, so that was torturing okay. me. That's um, my gift to you, <laughs> to give you your own voice back into your brain. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll tell my story. Uh, and it's so, I love that you do the show, Drew, because it's true, like, a story that you've never told before, you, like, fall into this these stories that are like they're not quite like the story that you sit around a party telling this like thing that you're so familiar with it's a a little odd because yeah and so (laughs) so this is my story i love it i love it so during the time i think i might have been like 11 or 12 but like um 
injure. I don't know if you ever did this. It's, I don't know if it's that common, but like during like when you start masturbating and you start masturbating with a condom on because you like find a condom uh-huh, and you're like, uh-huh. let me see what this is all about. Sure. And so I did that <laughs> and I was so... When you were 11 or 12? Well, I started masturbating super early, like wow. before my body even produced semen. Wow. I guess I'm saying that on this podcast. Yes, you are. <laughs> Good for you. Um, wow. But that's fine because I have no boundaries. That's great. Um, no, I'm yeah. always impressed. I used to be a nurse. I've heard it all. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's the youngest that you've ever heard? Uh, well, uh, little baby boys, you know, when you wash them in the sink, they, they'll just instinctively grab and play with their penises. Oh, yeah. And a lot uh-huh. of mothers are concerned. They're like, oh, is this weird? Does this mean my baby's been molested or oh, something? And I'm just yeah. like, you know, no, kids... It it feels good. They yeah. touch themselves. Right, it's, right, right, right. You know. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And so, but I was definitely on the younger side when I was like masturbating to climax, basically, like uh-huh. coming. And then one time, once I found condoms, I don't even know where, I, maybe a health class, but I jerked off into this condom and was so paranoid. I was like, if I if I flush it down the toilet, is it gonna get clogged? Like I didn't. If I put it in the trash, like is someone gonna find it? Like so, this was very like I was very disturbed. So I went into the laundry room and I. This is dug, at your house. Or yeah, in the school? I'm okay. my house. I'm okay. my house. I went into the laundry room. And where room. did you find the condom? I don't remember. I maybe a health class. Oh, maybe okay. like, okay. but I I don't think it was like in my home. It's not like we had. Maybe a friend had found it, but. I went into, I wanted to throw out the condom and I went in and there was like, I, I was going to throw it in the laundry room trash, but I'm like, there wasn't a lot of trash in there. So it was like pretty visible, mm-hmm. but there was an envelope. So I just like <laughs> push, push this in this envelope, closed it and put it down. Just like a letter envelope? It was, like yeah. A- I just, I saw this white envelope. I uh-huh. just put it in there. And then a couple days later, my younger sister oh, was no. like, Oh my god, I have to talk to you. And I was like, "What?" And she's like, "Mom and dad are sick." And she's like, <laughs> "She's like, I was she's like, I went to throw something out and I found this um uh, envelope and it said I love you on it oh. and I opened it up so I had I didn't see that it said I love you on it she's like I opened it up and there's a used condom dad put a used condom and she's like I don't know what this is all about and oh. she she was like traumatized like in oh. her mind our parents are like exchanging these like disgusting <laughs> used like, like finding Prince Charming <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not full circle. Yeah. So, anyways, wow. at the time, I I was like, "That's crazy!" Like, I wasn't gonna be like, "It was me." So, I just went along. I was just like, "Wow!" Like, that sounds really sick. <laughs> and then, um, years later, like ten years later, I was like, "Oh, remember that?" I was like, "That was me." But so, I've never <laughs> told that. So- I I don't think I've told anyone that story except. My sister Christina, Isn't and now you guys. Did her oh head God. blow off? She was. Like, she was laughing. She was like, "That is." She's like, "All these years, like I really, I really thought <sighs> it was." Well, isn't it crazy when you and I've I, this has come up a lot on the show, and I think it's so it's so like true in our you know human experience, especially when we're we, to this day we lie when the truth would serve us better, like. Mm-hmm. It's like you lie in that sense to be like you want to take you're like a kid and you're like you're terrified. Yeah. But like you keep you let your sister stay traumatized <laughs> that like mom and dad are sick, whatever that means that they write yeah. these letters and like you I let your you. sister like live in that reality for years. Yeah, for her because she's an adult. Because you are like you just don't want to admit like that was me. Yeah. But it's still like 
it's still one of those things like it's it's like awkward and odd it's to be like super awkward. even to like this day if I had to deal with my brother and that's and in some situation like that to, to and like you know to admit that would be like so weird and so yeah. we lie and yet it gets it's so much more like subverted and like strange yeah the, and that like it's you, really you know, weird and um we're um and this was this were your adopted parents? Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, because I was uh, the viewers might not know, but um, yeah. yeah, I was adopted when I was three. So okay, I didn't know at what age. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so um, yeah, and then my birth parents is that'll be a whole nother podcast. Okay. Because I was gonna say maybe oh, your, I can talk about it. Your birth I, parents, you know, that would not be like unbelievable. It wouldn't. It would. I'm sure it would be like <laughs> I've gotten the most disturbing calls for my my birth dad calls me mm. sometimes like 11 times a day just like leaves like all hours and says crazy things mm. it's so weird and you have the best sense of humor about oh, it thank you I, I mean really you do it makes me because la- to me it's it doesn't feel like this weird traumatizing thing it's just something I've well, always it's your reality said. yeah you know yeah exactly and to me it seems funny that like this man I don't know will like call me and be like were you on the voice and I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, do you answer? I, you know, it, I, I don't. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. I, I if I'm in the mood to talk for a second. Uh-huh. But a lot of times I, I don't because um, mm. it's like, well, it's a it's, lot. Yeah, even, it's when a you, lot. Like, even when you have a sense of humor about it, even when you can like deal with it, it's a lot emotionally to take uh-huh. on. And there's sometimes you're just like, you know, I, I just I can't do this right mm-hmm. now because you're really busy and you have a life and you don't, you know, always want to. Yeah. And it can be upsetting, you know, yeah. just like the stuff that he'll say because it's so unpredictable. Um, one time, uh, tell me to shut up if this is going too long. No, but like, please don't feel like he called me and he was like, Eva's dead. This was like, uh, like, Eve, like Eva, Eva, my birth mom. Oh, he's like, Eva's dead. She died last night in a sleep. And I'm just like, oh, oh, my God. And then he hung up. So I'm like, oh, okay, and I like didn't know who to call. I have a biological sister who's adopted to a different family, and I called her and was like, "Hey, did it's such a weird call? Did did our mom die? You know, like, oh, honey, and she's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, N- she's like uh, not that I know of. I'll, I'll try to find out. And then oh. I called like the um, the facility where he's at. I'm like, hey, can I talk to Danny Cotter? And he's and they're like, oh, uh, uh. Danny, your son's on the phone. He's like, I don't want to talk to him. And then I had to ask this woman. I'm like, well, he he just recently called me to tell me that um, my mom passed. And can you confirm that? Like, it was such a professional call God. trying to figure out this oh personal God, thing. Oh, my God, what a nightmare. And she didn't die. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, yeah. obviously. But yeah. I'm so sorry you mm-hmm. have to, like, put up with... I mean, like, that is so huge. Because that's, intense. like... Yeah. Yeah, like, and then you have to, like, live in the unknown and mm-hmm. be like, is this how I find out? And I know... Yeah. And, and you also... Most of you knows that it's not true, mm-hmm. but you're still like, what if it's true? Yeah. And oh gosh, yeah. So it's yeah, it's very interesting. Well, but... I'm I'm really glad you were you were um, rescued by I know very lovely parents Can who don't come in envelopes and write <laughs> "I love you" on there. Who don't do that? I wish that they did. <laughs> I wish. I know. I love it. Um, Calpurnia. Mm. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> 
I this this story um came to me I I don't I've never like told this story really publicly. Okay. And it's it's never been recorded but it involves like a few things that some people might already know about me. I was talking to my friend Alec Mappa last mm-hmm. night and I started spinning out this story and he's like, "Well, I've never even heard this before." And we Oh, were, cool. Oh, great. Can't wait. So, um you know, I I grew up in this fundamentalist religious Christian cult, and I tell I start stories with that a lot just because mm-hmm. it answers a lot of questions mm-hmm. before they're even asked, and yeah. <clears throat> it was really insane. Um, so I left home as soon as I could at seventeen. I joined the Navy and became a field combat medic and was in the first Gulf War and did all this crazy stuff. And totally not dealing with my gender issues. You know, mm-hmm. they wanted to transition and be a lady. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I uh, did my four years, came back home to Nashville, and I thought, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, figure out what I am and who I am and everything. But that um, my parents pretty much kicked me out and didn't want to have anything to mm-hmm. do with me. At the, You know, a lot of people come home from the military and, you know, they, they need a while to get on their feet and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I ended up getting kicked out, and so I lived in my truck for a while. And did they kick you out because of your you were thinking about transitioning and they knew? Yeah. Or? I At the time, I didn't know what trans was, but I knew, because this was in 93, 94, and uh-huh. the internet was very young. The Nashville Public Library didn't have a lot of info on it. And right. so I, mm. I had gotten a bunch and, of money from the war, and I bought a truck uh, with the money, and I lived in that for a while. Oh. And in Centennial Park, it had a topper on the back, until I was taken in by this um, black drag queen named China, who, because I, I, I sewed my own dress, I made my first dress, you know, and I kind of got a job at the local gay bar, mm. Running the spotlight, and I would, you know, put on, love it. put on my That's dress, so fucking yes. cool, and and you know, jet black hair and just white white makeup. You know, I wanted to be, I wanted to look like Morticia Adams at the uh-huh. time. Uh-huh. My name is Calpurnia Adams, uh-huh. and I would just run the spotlight and watch the drag queens and try to learn, like, how do you look like a lady? How do you do it? Mm-hmm. And in the South, there were a lot of trans performers, too. And I especially was like, yes, that's, you know, I want to do that. I want to do that. So China took me under her wing. And I was one of only two white daughters in an all-black drag family. That's so cool. And and What was your family called? um, Well, since her name was China, they Uh. called it the House of the Orient. (laughs) (laughs) And it was all black black girls and two white girls? Yeah. I love it. And my my white drag sister, she couldn't cook and she couldn't dance. Sorry, Erica. (laughs) (laughs) But you you burn the macaroni, we'll never let you forget it. uh, (laughs) Erica. Oh, Erica. She's she's a sweetheart, though. We're still friends. (gasps) And uh, so I got a lot of the attention. Sorry, Erica. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so um, China kept trying to launch me in these underground black gay bars in Nashville. There were like little, I don't know if they were just club nights or, but but there were these underground black gay bars. 
because that's where she had the pull, you know, mm-hmm. so she'd be like, yeah, my daughter's, mm-hmm. you know, learning. You got to let her get on stage here and do something or other. And um, one day we spent the whole day, we went down to the, you know, I don't know, big lots or whatever and bought a bra and panties the thickest we could. And mm-hmm. we spent all day hot gluing Christmas beads to it so it covered the bra and then hung down those uh-huh. those little they look like metal but they're plastic uh-huh. and we made the panties and the bra it must have weighed 20 pounds I don't know <laughs> yeah and you know high heels and I just insisted on that white white makeup and black hair but I wasn't doing goth I just wanted to be like a pretty you know Morticia-esque thing I don't know like what vamp- Vampira, yeah, vampire, is that her name? Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like fake blood. And, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we, I got all ready, and we were going to do a show at Purple Rain. Okay. I which I think was off Fessler's Pike, which is <laughs> where all the, um, there were lots of street walkers and things. Uh-huh. It was mm-hmm. kind of a bad area of town, and I was real nervous. I, at the time... You know, I'd grown up a bluegrass gospel musician and then did a little theater and stuff like that. But at the time, you had to do drag Mm -hmm, with a capital mm -hmm. D. That was just the only way you would be allowed and encouraged to look like a lady. Mm -hmm. And so I was... I was to do Crystal Waters, What I Need. Oh, my God. I need, I need, what I need, need, need. Oh, my God. (laughs) Crystal Waters. Yeah. China spent the day choreographing a routine for me because she was a really good dancer. And, you know, she was really thin and would pad these big hips and she could spin like an an ice skater you know wow. how the ice skaters will just mm-hmm. uh-huh. Uh-huh. she could spin like that in heels on a floor and just go and go wow. and go and go and wow. you'd be like how is she doing it and um but she choreographed this real simple you know like i'm up i'm down squat and up and uh, that kind of a, and she was like girl just do that over and over <laughs> over and over and take the tips and take the tips oh uh, my god yeah because i wasn't a great dancer either i was just better than erica right, and, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that and that was your that was your first performance yeah, it, it was and, kind of my first big one, you know, where uh-huh. I had a, I had my own outfit nobody else had ever worn before. Mm-hmm. I had choreography. It was a new song that had just come out. Oh yeah, oh you yeah. Know, and, and was that was that important to have like a signature song? Was that part of the act? Was that like okay, so now Calpurnia has, I need. It yeah, I need. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think and so. And so, like nobody else take yeah. it. It's sort of <laughs> it's like, like you know when you have you, you know if you go to the certain karaoke bars, you're like, this is the song you mm-hmm. have to do. Like, you, yeah. are you like, don't do Sweet Caroline because you know, yeah, that's you know, so and Heather's gonna come mm-hmm. in and nail it to the wall or whatever. That is so crazy. I love um, the 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 stories of like I just there's so much untapped talent around the world, the country, of course, but it's like. These small gay bars and yes. these, you go to these places and you're like, yeah. well, what? Like, I'm fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. And like, there's, there's so, like, we talk about authenticity. Like, there's no, there's nothing cynical about it. There's nothing like, I'm going to get on TV for this. Mm-hmm. And I crave that. I mean, I love living here and I love that, like, I feel so lucky that I get to know so many, like, in, in, insanely, like, talented, brilliant people here. But like, you know, yeah, I, I just like I miss those 
days of going back yeah. to, you know, and I think about like my community theater that's that like yeah. half raised me growing up. And I was like, they were like gods to me. Like, mm-hmm. I just yeah. remember being like, they were so good. And I know if I went back now and just had my like, you know, arrogant, you know, looking down my nose, like, oh, what's this about or whatever. I'd have I'd have all this like I would see things that I didn't see then yeah. and I would be like, but I I kind of crave that that um innocence of going back to yeah. that and yeah. being like and these people like were like performing because they needed to perform yeah. they, they mm-hmm. were teachers and plumbers and whatever business people and they and they were just like i need to do the diary of Anne frank next weekend <laughs> because i love doing this and it, and and i remember feeling being really good and yeah there was no sense of like someone's gonna see me mm-hmm. and, and i'm gonna get famous from this yep. or you know um, and I love that 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 pure spark mm-hmm. that's in people or like in these clubs to perform. And, um, yeah. and of course, now with the Internet and with something like Drag Race, where people have the opportunity to get noticed anywhere. I mean, you could do a show at Purple Rain and somebody could leak a tape and it could get to World of Wonder in no time. And next right. thing you know, they're like a contestant on Drag yeah. Race next next season and and that's awesome and mm-hmm. I love that but I do I do miss that like the purity it was of... just people doing it because they loved it yeah do you yeah. feel like with the you know how you know drag has become so almost mainstream mm-hmm. now do you think that it's made the community like I don't know enough about it but like has it made it like more like what you're talking about Drew where people are just trying to get to the next level i wonder well it's 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 moved the goalposts kind of you know mm-hmm. before back in those days that the the pinnacle was that you would win a national pageant title you would gotcha. win miss continental you'd win miss eoy and you would get ten thousand dollars a beetle bug car like a new vw beetle mm-hmm. And a year's worth of bookings, and that, uh-huh. and you would wow. you would just travel the country, mm-hmm. representing as Miss EOY nineteen ninety three or whatever. And what's EOY? Entertainer of the Year. Oh, entertainer. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And and I went on to win a lot of those pageants, but oh, wow. I I stopped, quote unquote, doing drag in ninety nine. And then when I when I really felt like I was transitioned, and really felt comfortable with myself as a woman, you know, I didn't do drag anymore i didn't do mm-hmm. lip sync now now i just feel like i'm a woman with a lot of makeup maybe even a wig on but mm-hmm. i'm singing i'm playing the instruments i don't feel like i'm doing uh-huh. drag right. any exactly. more than dolly yeah. or share yeah. exactly exactly For sure. yeah and 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 um and the great thing is that it has it has broadened people's understanding of yeah. drag and just performance in general i think because mm-hmm. yeah people are able to just say um and there are plenty of there are plenty of women who, who are like in the drag community, like you know, trans women and and yeah. cis women who are like I'm also drag and like we don't. So that's been really great. But I also do think that it has it's limited. I mean, like to get on Drag Race, like you have to be able to like your makeup has to be a certain like aesthetic, your clothes have to be a certain thing, like. You can't do. I mean, like, what I love doing is like the booger stuff, where I'm like a character, <laughs> where I like put mm-hmm. it on. And I'm like, just it's about the character I'm yeah. playing, mm-hmm. and yeah. I and I love I love playing women, and I I don't think of it as necessarily drag either. Yeah. And so like you know, well, you're an I, actor, and those and are the characters like, you like to play. And it's the thing where it's like you know, um, 
but I would be terrible on Drag Race for many reasons. But like I couldn't, I just couldn't compete at that mm-hmm. level. But I do think there are people that get on there. You know, there are brilliant people that that get on Drag Race. Yeah. But then there are some that get on there that are that are talent free, and that's like on all these these situations. But mm-hmm. there's like a we sort of have worshipped this like. The the cattiness and the, the cuntiness as like as like a as like a good quality and that's mm-hmm. like really gross because any of us can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the thing that's a bummer is that like some of my favorite drag queens who are, who are weird and who are more alt and who are who have a point of view or who maybe can actually sing who write their own lyrics who mm-hmm. have a point of view. Um, don't get bookings over people who are on Drag Race because mm-hmm. they've been on Drag Race even for one episode. Yeah, Drag Race has really filled this space where the girls can't, you can't get booked unless you've been on Drag Race almost. And so, do you think it has to do with just Drag Race the name or just the social media presence that comes with someone going on this show and then suddenly kind of being sucked into... You yeah. know what I mean? Because I wonder, because I always wonder about that. Like, because I think about that with actors, where I like see these like Instagram models, these gay guys, and they're not really acting, but they're like definitely shirtless a lot with mm-hmm. like a hundred thousand followers. Right. But then they'll book something small, like a co-star or something, and because you know they have this fan base, so they're just hoping that people tune in. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, is that what I should be doing? I'm like, really ready for that bubble to burst, and I really think it will, because I do. I just think there's only so long you can keep up with that model, because like everyone's getting famous. And so when you realize when everyone's famous, no one's famous. And right. like none of the like the stars can't ask for as much money as they used to be able to, because like, yeah, like they're getting, you know, it's like there are people are realizing like they'd rather watch somebody that has, uh, you know, you know, a hundred thousand Instagram followers other than you know. And I'm just I I dream for a world where that can level out mm-hmm. where it's like, but it is part of it, <clears throat> and I get it on a booking level because there are people who, you know, who may not follow any drag queens except for the ones who are on Drag Race, and mm-hmm. so they may not come to Hamburger Mary's in Long Beach tonight if if they don't know that like somebody who's been on Drag Race is going to mm-hmm. be there. Yeah, it's easy branding, you know, it's do you want do you want a bowl of generic ice cream or do you want a bowl of Ben and Jerry's? Right, you know, do right. you want a drag queen you've never heard of? Do you want a RuPaul drag queen? And right. Mm-hmm. It's and it's and not... I'm in the minority because I'm always like I somebody I've never heard of would be interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I love going to see someone I'm a fan of, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know when I go into something not knowing what I'm going to see, it can be a, a nightmare, but but I love that I love that unknown, and I love it when I discover somebody. And and I do think the internet has been great for that because yeah. people feel like they've discovered people on their own. Sure, they haven't been told by television or movies exactly. like this is who's talented, this is who you should love. Yeah, they found it in the palm of their hands, and so they go, "Oh my god, I have to! I love this person." Mm-hmm. So there's this Instagrammer. Um, he goes by Joanne the Scammer. I'm, I don't know if you've seen his videos. I've heard it, of Yeah, you probably him. have seen them without real. He has this like fur coat and he has a full face of beard, full beard and the short bob wig. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole like bit is that he's trying to scam everyone and he calls himself oh, a rich oh, Caucasian woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. Seen, I, I've seen his videos. He's hilarious. He's so funny. He was in so... the grocery store, this one, where he was... Yes, he, I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, he yeah. has a bunch of them. But like that's someone who's so bizarre and you're like excited that he has this following because you're like, no exact, no person you know would like w- would say yes to this person. Absolutely. It's so, it's, yeah. you know, Absolutely. And, that's a great example of mm-hmm. someone who... 
would, you know, thank God that we have mm-hmm. that we have that space for that for him because yeah they would they would immediately poo poo that yeah. person. and then that's my favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I mean, and both of you, like your material and stuff that you've put online are, are incredible. And it's like, and I could easily see some exec going, um, this isn't, this mm-hmm. isn't marketable. Yeah. And when I was, you know, um, cause what are those, what are those videos, Calpurnia, that you, of the, the, the mother of the daughter who's born oh, in, born in yeah, three pieces? Look, just look at this. It's called just look at this. <laughs> <laughs> you, Jimmy, you must see these videos because it's what's the daughter's name? Um, Teresa. Teresa. Yeah, and she... it's just a mother talking about her daughter Teresa, who has all these problems. While it's just you're spinning a figurine around it. Yeah, around. I I find like these horrible, horrible things that look like they could have been made by a child, you know, and like only the mom would like it. <laughs> And and it's on it's on this like lazy Susan thing and the video is just the thing like slowly going around and the mom has like she can barely deal so she's like had all this to drink and she's just like oh Teresa made this today and and you just learn all these horrible things oh, about Teresa I love that it's so good is it on your YouTube channel yeah I mean it's old I I really needed to edit it more it was mm. earlier in my comedic styling oh my god it is it, I gotta it, check it, it out. is so you would love it and that's the kind of thing that like or something like Pete Zayas would do uh, with with Crystal Pete. and you're like you like nobody does that nobody mm-hmm. else can do that mm-hmm. and you know for years when i would go and i would have you know auditions for sketch comedy shows or i would take meetings with people and they would say well what kind of what care you're at the groundlings what characters do you do and i was like well i do this impression of chloe sevigny and mm-hmm. they would always be like who and i would be like <laughs> and they oh we love her and then you know and you know explain and they're like why do you do her and then you could just feel yeah. the energy leaving the room and they look at you like you're crazy uh-huh. and none of this is good and i would have people or people would see it on stage and they would go oh that was really fun but no one's going to like that no one's going to get that wow. and uh, that's so much better than you know how, let me do my hillary for you or something I know. Yeah. Like, and i'm like that's when you know, it's like when you're on those shows and you get hired and then they say, you, you're going to play Hillary tonight. You're like, okay, I'll play Hillary and I'll do the best I can because I get it. Yeah. That's part of it. But like what I'm going to bring to the table is always going to be something like weird and different. And sorry if you don't, if you're laughing, but then you turn in and say, I don't get it or I don't think other people are going to get it. It's like, I love that the internet has just blown that whole idea yeah. apart. Because it's like, no, that's just no longer considered. Mm-hmm. And I, and kids that look at things now don't see the world through those eyes anymore. Yeah. They don't mm-hmm. see like what's marketable or what's what everybody else finds interesting. They totally. they all like their own things. And There's... that's what's so annoying. Oh, sorry to interrupt. I, I was mm. just going to say, it's so annoying when you see these breakdowns and they're like, she's an Aubrey Plaza type. And like, and then and, and that I becomes know. the word. And you're like, but don't you understand that Aubrey Plaza was not a type until Aubrey Plaza did her thing. Exactly. And then it's like insane. Like our friend Sophia Gonzalez who's my friend who's a mm-hmm. f- like super funny actress went in for the role and did her own take on it and they're like it really is an Aubrey Plaza type and I'm just like I remember she it's told me so I was so boring it's so boring it's like, well then offer it to Aubrey Plaza yeah and <laughs> you know and if and and, and when she says no uh-huh. to this dumb project whatever yeah. it is then g- get someone else who's as mm-hmm. original as she is like yeah. that's just the thing that 
you know, yeah, I, I hate when they tell you that this this tight. Yeah. Because I, I, for years, especially when I when uh, you and I used to go in on commercials and oh my you God. and I, Jimmy and I decided the same day that we weren't going to do them anymore. We, we, it really is. It, it really was. Note. Yeah. We just like, it was like some commercial was like, gay best friend. And like, basically the breakdown is like, this faggot will totally sit on a dick. <laughs> like, it's just like, other, all those roles are just. Yeah. And then me and Well, Drew, for years, you know, they couldn't say gay with commercials because that was like offensive because the word offended people which of course that in itself is really offensive <laughs> but I was never offended if you want a gay character on yeah. something I'm like I don't I don't care I mean why was that offensive yeah. but we can we can't say that we have to say colorful or flamboyant or vivacious mm-hmm. or you know out of the box or some like horrible <laughs> thing like that and, um, and so then they started a thing where they're like okay <clears throat> we can finally say gay character and then it was just this thing that we just went through it, and you and I saw each other at so many commercial editions, mm-hmm. and we both talked about how much we hated it, and yeah. it ripped our souls apart. And our friends that book commercials, I am so happy for them. Yeah, and, and I am do all well, about it. Oh and they, my god, they pay for how? Like it's it's if, no joke. If, if I you made book. money doing commercials, mm-hmm. I have no problem doing them. I would yeah. happily do it. I will. I'm the first one to be like, yes. Yeah. I just wasn't getting them at all. all and I was and I was going on so many and they were like ruining my day because I would be like driving all over the place and I would go to my car and just feel terrible and you know and so yeah, yeah we we saw each other at this at this callback for this thing mm-hmm. where we were you know playing you know um you know best swishy asshole problem person <laughs> and then you were you were like if we don't get it let's quit let's just quit doing this and we, neither one of us got it and then i called you and i was like i'm no pressure to quit jimmy and go about it but i am i officially thrown in the towel i'm mm-hmm. not going to do it so for now it's like a career suicide pact yes yeah. exactly we're like we're yeah. going to quit the bit, and you know and i'm so much happier well it's not, funny not me doing too. it and I and again, like I had great commercial reps that got me out on they a were million the best, things. Yeah. And so it was like they were great. It they was were like awesome. and even the people even usually the auditions were they were fine. They were nice, but oh, I just... Oh, I hate I felt like I I'm did being, not have I'm lying. Expect- <laughs> they were terrible. <laughs> well, because you go... Because for, like, all the best casting directors for TV shows, they come in, they know you, they're like, oh, I, they'll, like, watch your work. They're like, oh, I saw that video. I loved it. They're so yeah. sweet. They laugh. And then also, you go, you're auditioning c- for, a, for a TV show, and sometimes it's, like, seven or eight pages. Yeah. And you, and you wait for, like, at the most 30 minutes, at the yeah. longest. Mm-hmm. You don't wait that long. You have only two or three people ahead of you. They're very kind to you. Sometimes they give you water yeah. or parking uh-huh. you know like and at commercial auditions you're there for well over an hour they're mad at you like the, what's weird they're they, mad at you they they're come so out, they're like, mad at they're you like, guys when you go in for the spot it's real it's a real look it's you know and you're like i i just drove here. you you yeah. asked me to come here right and i came and you're you're mad at me and so after years and years of doing that it's just like it was wow. abusive it was and then you know and then you and then sometimes you know you you don't know what you're gonna do till you get there so they're like all right guys come in here there's a group explanation where the guy that runs the camera finds himself hilarious and does an entire 20 minute one man show in front of you while all these nervous people are laughing really hard and you're like, <laughs> like oh yeah yeah he's great you know and I'm like he's not casting the commercial you guys he can't hire you and then then they want you to do the entire thing as they said and sometimes they're like take off your shirt you're gonna eat this bowl of dog food and you're just like what am I doing and they're like then you're gonna look up and then like a clown's gonna fart in your mouth and then it's like you're gonna say Doritos and you're like that is 
horrible. I had to pretend where I, I was on a toilet, and then like I, all of a sudden, my I realized my boss was watching me through like a cam and like a camera on, on the laptop, and then I had to get up and fall on a mat, and it was by far like the most humiliating thing I'd ever oh, done wow. in front of a person. It was just like. And and, and, yeah. and and they have no imagination, so they would literally be like, pull your pants down. Yeah. And because we can't imagine you doing this with pants on. Oh my God. Or whatever. And you're like, well, I had an audition for an Adam Sandler fil- film one time, and the trans auditions, they wouldn't, they, oh, it was always blurred between trans and drag queens. And uh-huh. they always, right. They, they, bring don't, guys they don't understand. In, that, yeah. Yeah. They bring trans and they don't know. Mm-hmm. And, I, I was getting to the point where I was going to stop doing a certain kind of trans yeah, audition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one probably killed it for me because I went in not mm-hmm. knowing what it was. I, they were just like, oh, can you come by like today? We want you. And it, they wanted me to stand at a urinal, you know, and oh, I, my God. I take myself <laughs> seriously as a woman. I, I, I don't joke about it. I, I mean, I have a sense of humor about myself. One, but oh, one hundred percent. I don't joke about like having a dick or yeah, anything. Yeah. Or, and yeah, it's just a little too much for me. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, and it's also not. It's lazy. Number yeah. one, aside mm-hmm. from like being offensive. It's yeah. Like, and so they they were like, okay, stand there and uh, you know do be like you've got your dick in your hand. And now, so Adam will come up next to you, and I want you to look over and say whatever this line was, and. I, I was really mortified and kind of torn up, but I was, I was just like, well, I'm already here. You know, maybe I should just do it, and then they'll call me in for something else. I I wouldn't do this now, but yeah. So I read the line, and then they were like, "Great, great, but do it with a deeper voice." Oh my god! And wow. to, that's really humiliating yes, for me to like, try to do a man voice and. So then, like, I almost felt like I was going to cry. This oh, is like the God. eyes nipple scene oh, or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I I did it in, like, a little bit of a deeper voice like this. And then they were like, good, good, but no deeper. You know what we mean. You know, do it like that. Oh, my and, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I'm not blaming Adam Sandler for this. I got, uh-uh. you know, he wasn't there. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but it... um that that was probably kind of a watershed moment mm-hmm. for me and i stopped i stopped even responding to most of the auditions and that kind of dried up the whole thing and for a long time i just didn't get anything but I, I did wow. just get an episode of a sitcom. It's my first sitcom I've ever done. Oh, my God. Congratulations. That's, that's cool. so awesome. So it's, what is it? It's Two Broke Girls. Oh, yes. that's so great. We've both and, done. We've both yeah. done yeah. Two Broke Girls. That's so, and it, everybody was really nice. It is the most It is the most lovely set. I can, Everybody yeah. on that show is so nice. And it's I've quite, always... The, the show's the, such a success that it's probably like... They're so they're happy, happy on there. there and, yeah. and you've got, yeah. you know... And you've got, I mean, Jennifer Coolidge and Garrett Morris, who's just, who are just these pros. And then, yeah. but, 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 um, but the Kat and Beth are so great. There's such, I mean, it's, I had such a great time mm-hmm. that week doing that, doing that show. And I, I felt so part of the team for the week. Like, sometimes you go on there and you're like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm definitely being allowed to play today. And no one's really talking to me. Yeah. And they like, so like took me and made me feel like part of part of the show for that week and yeah. oh, I'm yeah. so glad that's it, so cool it felt really good so and, awesome. and that Adam Congrats. Sandler thing was a long yeah. time ago but, but isn't it crazy that even like like now like and again there's horribly insensitive terrible things that still happen 100% 
but just that like that person had no idea why it would be offensive to you to ask you to lower your voice like in yeah in their mind they were they were so un informed mm-hmm. and or or just didn't care to mm-hmm. like you know to like see you you know as a person yeah. and just go um yeah you know you know what we mean it's like oh my god that's so and i i don't even i i get really worn out when i see a certain kind of of person who's offended you know capital o no that's everything. the thing you are not a, you are never and the person I, to, to run yeah. to be and be defi- to be offended by things no i i love transgressive humor i love the most horrible jokes that you of should course. never say and of when it's just me and my friends there are almost no limits at all yeah. right but i it i it wasn't even offensive so much as it, it was humiliating yes yes and, yes and it degrading and uh-huh. you know it, yeah. it takes a lot to get if they had been like you know show me your tits or something i could have almost laughed at that yeah. but right right well because they, so they're person. turning you know your journey your existence into a cheap joke yeah and, and it's like i work so hard exactly to be. Yeah. yeah and that that they, they would just see that as like a quick blip Mm-hmm. In this in this movie, it's like this story. It's going to mm-hmm. be just like, oh, well, let's add this gag in here. It's almost yeah. like you're a banana peel, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And like... it's like the thing where it's like, you know, that's not just, you know, and, and, and yeah, like, and they don't understand that, like, for a drag queen, it's like a tired joke, and it's yeah. like too yeah. easy. It's like, oh, the drag queen has a dick, but. For you know, in a in a trans situation, you're like this is it's a very it's very different context. Yeah, and it's not, you know, it's 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 never been funny. I just remember like, in like when I was a kid and seeing like Bachelor Party, and in that <laughs> movie when like when like the one of the guys finds the love of his life and finds out that it's a man and it's like and the man's peeing. It's always you yeah. see the you see the the trans woman or the drag queen peeing from the back. Yeah, and that's the big reveal. And they would never do no, like, no. Yeah. And that's the other thing that like, but they that really reads as like this is a dude. Mm-hmm. And then it's always followed by that man vomiting. Yeah, and it's like I I, I was like, and, <laughs> and, that's and like and a thing. My show was the hardest to cast they've ever cast because it no teaches that. Wants, yeah, it teaches, it teaches that. that men that like that might you know have that uh, attraction or you know um interest or whatever uh, are, are to vomit when they yeah. you know and it's like that's just the thing and it's you know and and it's it i remember just even as a kid being like that's just so not funny to me like it's uh-huh. never been funny to me and and, and i don't say, and i love offense i love tacky but it's just like it's like the thing when you see it's like in this bad 80s and 90s comedies when it's like the two dudes almost go for a kiss and whoa dude we almost kissed yeah it's like easy it's just Mm -hmm. a lazy thing and also just i wonder if that you know the casting director if they there's a little more awareness and just like sensitivity to you like all right we're about like you know i don't know what they could have said but like yeah so there's this part in this you know sketch and i mean in this film and you know, how, do you feel okay with this? Like, just checking in, just being a right. human being. But, like, right. I, the way you describe it, it's I well, totally relate to that. Oh, do this and say this. And... Yeah. My my career, if I could call it that, I use air quotes too much. <laughs> but um, it seems like I have been pu- pushed into these roles that I'm totally wrong for. Like, even going back to China, having me mm. dance to Crystal Waters. Like, that sh- Crystal is great but she wasn't anybody i was interested in i yeah, was listening yeah. to kate bush and bjork and sure yeah, yeah and yeah. all that and 
you know, but from there, I did eventually build my own character. And, you know, a role like that, I looked pretty much like I do now, you mm-hmm. know, like a lady. And Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, when I first met you, I just assumed you were like a cis woman. And so I, do, I don't know that 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 big payoff like can you imagine this dude? yeah you know it's yeah, like so it's, it, it, if willem did it you know he could make it funny yeah. probably but for me it was just sad uh-huh. <laughs> yeah and it's like one of those things yeah <laughs> and, it's like you see this yeah. woman who's gone on this like journey and <laughs> and then it's like wait but uh what i know and um i i, I just like I am totally fine with, and, and I mean, I, I, I'm, I have, there's so many things when people get offended that I'm like, you're not allowed to be, I'm sorry, you can't be offended. We we go to these places where we've gotten so PC with oh, things. Yeah, and, we go, and I hate that. And we go, and I, I hate, hate that. But and side I'm note, the, remind me to tell you something after this. Okay, great. I can't so wait. Sorry, sorry everybody. Uh, you're welcome, everyone <laughs> no, else. I'll say it on the air. I was just, I didn't want to forget to say okay. it. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, there, there are times when you're like, you know what, this is, this is complete bullshit and complete overreaction um i also think we react before like we think we should be offended by something and before it even comes out like this week and this will be old news by the time you hear it but i love jackie clark and i if i can yeah. use this as a platform to voice my support for her she um sold a show to one of the networks i don't know what i'm talking about uh, but um called mail or family it's based on her it's NBC, yeah. experience it's nbc okay mm-hmm. so it's based on her experience about her stepmom who is a filipina mail-order bride. Um, the Filipino community flipped out and in complete, uh, you know, um, you know, offense that they would make a comedy about this. And, the, you know, and on paper, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. I totally get why that would be an offensive thing. If it was just somebody, human somebody sitting around right? a room going, hey, you know, it'd be funny, human trafficking, <laughs> but um bump. But Knowing Jackie, Jackie is so intelligent mm-hmm. and and feeling, and knowing that she would honor her mother, her stepmother, mm-hmm. and knowing that it would have so many le- levels and it would bring an awareness to something. And it, 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 it first of all, wait till the show comes out. Yeah. If the show is offensive and the show is really, you know, tacky and awful, then you can be have a problem with it. But we immediately jump to these things. But on the other hand, to what we were saying, I am totally fine with the bar being raised for comedy to have to to go smarter and deeper and more specific than just mm-hmm. going for an easy race, gender, sexuality joke. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, that's the thing that I, is has got to go away because mm-hmm. it's just it's no longer funny, and I love that it's no longer yeah. funny to to most people. You know, if it makes you uncomfortable. It's not like, yeah, good. Like mm-hmm. that's that's edgy. It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's just it's 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 mean spirited. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know, it's hate ridden. Yeah. And like, you know, and let's and let's there is so much to make fun of about people and the yeah. human experience and behavior mm-hmm. and how and and horrible. Like I'm all about like going after someone's uh, like emotional and spiritual truth and something someone says and does go after it well but something someone yeah. is is not funny mm-hmm. i i've told people like because i i've shouted uh, railed against this sort of pc culture that mm-hmm. i feel like really is decimating art in a lot of ways yes 
and and I've had people say, well, you know, what about things that are offensive to you? Like, you know, what if what if I made fun of of somebody in your life who was murdered or something? You know, is that oh, is that the line for you? And I was like, you know, and and <sighs> I said, I crossed my arms and I was like, all right, that's your topic. Go make me laugh, and if you can make me laugh about it, then, you know, right, work, right, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 exactly. But it's also like uh, people's knee-jerk response to, yeah. in that way to to go there. It's like yeah. well, you've already like in that question, you've already offended me and crossed a line. Yeah. So let's so keep talking. Yeah, and see I, how you're gonna get out of, me that. Laugh out of that. I was just, it's so funny we're talking about this because I was I was just thinking about the other day. Um, Kathy Griffin, when she used to teach at the Groundlings, she would say at the beginning of her class... That was she, more than the other day ago, but yes. Oh, well, the other day I was thinking about it, but it was years and years ago. Can, Can you imagine, imagine she's back? Kathy Griffin's back. back at the Groundlings teaching. <laughs> With her Emmys. She just puts her Emmys up there. Um, she used to tell her students, like... Um, all right, if you fuck me, I'll pass you to the next level. Yes. And it's like, incre- Like, can you imagine us saying that now yeah. as a joke? It would be, it, we would be like fired. But like, yeah. I just think that there's something so, it's so inappropriate and hilarious that she would say that in I know, a classroom. I know, I know, And I mean, they're all adults. It's not like these are, she's not teaching kids. Absolutely. But, and to me, I always thought like, that's like iconic to have right. a teacher say that. Right. And now we would... We well, yeah, our, my friend Tony was talking. He worked with Joan Rivers very closely for many years. And what's his last name? Tony Tripoli. Oh, okay, he's cool. great. Yeah, yeah, he's wonderful. And I he, him um, on yeah, I'm California, you know Tony, but yeah. like he was saying that Joan was saying it for years. Like comedy's not like I, nothing's going to be funny anymore. And he said he used to think, oh, this she's being a cranky old lady and she's just having neuroses about stuff. But he's like, she's becoming right. Like she, you know, she was just nervous. She's like, I can't say anything anymore without triggering someone. And yeah. she'd long given up going to colleges because like they're the worst. Really? Because they're like, oh, they're all woke, and they're you know they live in their you know, their academic bubbles, and they're like, mm-hmm. I'm offended by that, and <laughs> well, they will find her. something. Yeah. They will be offended by every colleges are the absolute worst yeah, audiences. Yeah, I couldn't agree you know, more. I, I mean, I would rather do like you know the Chuckle Barn in you know <laughs> you know Topeka than. Have have to do like you know UCLA. Yeah, I really would. I think colleges are really tricky. They're hard because when, they get really because they're they've just come out of class. They haven't lived in the real world and they ha- they don't know how to relax. And there's a lot of power in being able to censor like your yes, professors, yes. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, whoever. Like you can have this this magic wand to shut anybody up on in that college environment by like yeah. that's triggering. That's yep. uh, something is or something aphobic and yep and everybody just bows to it it's kind of terrifying it's, it's really scary yeah yeah it is really scary um well I, on that note i've i've the end of my story i didn't get to i'll tell you in like three sentences oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, please I'm right sorry. before i went on stage this is back at the uh, purple rain somebody burst into the club and <gasps> shot it up with semi-automatic guns oh my god whoa i thought your story just ended with and that was when i first performed i had no, no. idea so it was shot up yeah i i almost got <laughs> to it but then uh we just started talking about <laughs> oh my other god, things i'm so sorry <laughs> oh my god so, what happened? Um, Felicia Gallant had gone on just before <laughs> me. She had a large gold tooth and just wore a single braid on top of her head of thick hair that she would swing around. And uh, Gorgeous. in the midst of her number, somebody burst in and started shooting the club up <sighs> and everybody hit the deck behind tables. Broken glass just rained from the walls because it was all mirrored walls. 
and I we all were screaming and scrambling. I looked around. I couldn't find my shoes. So I was all in that little special bra and panties that China had made for me and everything. And uh, uh, no shoes, floor covered in glass, just like Die Hard, which oh, I didn't realize. Oh, my God. China threw me on her back <gasps> and ran through the club, through the crunching, the broken glass with me in full stage garb, threw me in the car. We peeled out and hit it. And that was the wow. end of the Oh, story. my God. And, so you, and do you know to this day who, who went in there and did that? No. I, we never heard another word about it. But it being an underground black gay bar in Nashville, you know, the police were probably just like, eh. Yeah, oh my God. exactly. Well, if you're wow. the person who shot up the club and you, you're listening, email <laughs> Just Drew Drogi. China and Calpurnia <laughs> got away. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Oh, my God. That's an amazing. I can't believe we almost didn't we get almost to that. Didn't get I was to like, that. that's all the time we have today. Well, it's funny. I, when once I, I felt like there might be more, but then we started going on that rant, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess that that's yeah. done. I, I, I contemplated just throwing it away, but I was like, that's, no, that's oh, my God. The I'm so glad you added that. And then you're going to, yeah, Jimmy, you're going to be like, and that, uh, I still have that condom and envelope. And <laughs> I don't know. So, what, like, what's your horrible thing? And the other day I threw it, at, you mm. know, in traffic. I don't know. Um, anyway. Um, okay. So, that's it. I think that's that's it. Thank you for having us. Thank you all so much for doing this. Thank you. I loved it. I've oh been dying God. to do this. Drew, I'm so glad. Drew asked me a couple times and I could never do it. And I was starting to feel like that crazy person who's like, I can't. Oh, no, no. Please, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that you're yeah. able to do it. And here we are. And there we were. All right. Have a great week, everybody. This has been another episode of Drew Drogi's Minor Revelations. I'd like to thank my guests, Calpurnia Adams and Jimmy Fowley. Have a great life. <laughs> what does that mean? Feral Audio.